Hello, world. I'm Greg Patton. How are you today? News and stuff right after this. Raising funds for Christian radio. Always needed, my friend. And you've been such a blessing in the past. I so enjoy my time going down there to uh, Bluff City, our new location. Broadcasting throughout the area and into a few other states as well as we talk to you about Jesus and raise money to keep that station on the air that heralds Christ's blessing, 91.5 FM. I know you've been praying, and they still need volunteers at 423-878-6279. Get in a little plug there. 423-878-6279 to volunteer for any number of jobs. They'll love to have you call. I'd love to see you personally. So excited, too, after Sherathon. That's Sunday we're going to be morning and night at the First Free Will Baptist Church in Elizabethan with Pastor Nathan Cummings. Going to have a great time as we talk about the new America and the world today. Where's Jesus? You know my heart. Love Tennessee. Love WHCB. Love First Free Will Baptist Church and all of the good folks there. What a team. Thank you for being a part of Hello World, too. I think I love you. What in the world is going on? A 20-year-old Minnesota man, make sure I get this right. He's accused of raping two girls, four years old, nine years old. He did that when he was 16. Going to serve less than 180 days in jail, up to 30 years of probation. What? He'll not have to register as a sex offender. What? and the charges against him will be dismissed from his criminal record at the completion of his probation. Mohammed Bakari Shi faced three felony first-degree charges in two rape cases involving kids. He was initially charged in 2019 after he was accused of sexually assaulting a four-year-old and a nine-year-old. I just, this is the new America, a flood of evil. He raped these kids multiple times. Where's my gun? What am I missing? Dancing with Wolstar, Nathan Lee chasing his horse. That's his full name. Accused of being a cult leader with more than just horses in the stable. That 46-year-old Native American actor, polygamist, so-called medicine man, Arrested in Las Vegas yesterday, charged with a litany of sex crimes, here we go again, including sexual assault against children. Chasing his horse, banned uh, from the reservation, the Fort Peck Reservation in Poplar, Montana, back in 2015, amid human trafficking allegations. He was not placed under investigation until October of 22. This guy starred alongside Kevin Costner in the Oscar-winning 1990 film Dances with Wolves, ultimately arrested near his North Las Vegas home yesterday, a home which he allegedly shares with five wives. Okay. So when I'm done with this next story, you'll say, what? Or, oh yeah, I get it. The United States of America facing, well, a tragedy, a big decline in the number of churches, with a significant number of them closing every year. 
This decrease in attendance is believed to be due to the country's rapidly changing non-religious population, which experts say has only accelerated since the pandemic. With Christianity dominating American politics, the closure of churches has become a critical issue for pastors and religious organizations from coast to coast. Now, get this, around 4,500 churches closed in 2019, the last year that the data was brought forth by LifeWay Research. The number of churches in this country did not grow for the first time since the company started studying the topic. With the pandemic speeding up the trend of people turning away from Christianity and church, researchers predict the closures are only going to continue to accelerate. A long-running trend of people moving away from religion and a younger generation abandoning Christianity altogether. The primary reasons for the decline in church in America. In 2017, a survey of young adults ages 18 to 22 who had attended church on a regular basis, 70% of them stopped attending church. 70%? Some of the reasons cited were logistical, such as people moving away for college or starting jobs that made it challenging to attend church, while others were more critical of the church environment, such as church members seeing judgmental or hypocritical attitudes. Okay. A quarter of all young people who dropped out of church said they disagreed with the church's position on political and social issues. It is the new America. A half a million, 500,000 soldiers. Are you kidding me? Vladimir Putin, they say, he's preparing for a new onslaught on Ukraine. He's not messing around. A half a million men. Russia is believed to be plotting that attack across two fronts pushing into the eastern and southern parts of Ukraine. Kiev believed Mad Black's attack may happen around February the 24th, the one-year anniversary of all of this. Putin now is desperate to achieve something after a bruising first year which has seen his forces thrown back. Ukraine, however, fears the next few weeks are going to be crucial for this conflict as they continue to call for weapons from the west. The defense minister believes Putin is gathering up to 500,000 soldiers to attack Ukraine. And it comes as Putin's top diplomat said Russia was ready to gain the world's attention. What do you think that means? So listen up. Are you one of them? Are you one of those Americans who's assessing the United States of America and its state of the nation? They say we remain in the pandemic-era slump. We've been there since 2021, marked by subdued satisfaction with 30 different aspects of this country. These include the public's reaction to several aspects in this society, generally, as well as numerous specific issues facing America. These findings, the new Gallup poll just out, Mood of the Nation, it's called, the Mood of the Nation poll. 23% of Americans are satisfied, one four, less than one-fourth satisfied with the way things are going in the United States, while the rest are dissatisfied, including nearly half very, very dissatisfied. The overall quality of life in America, 65%, and the opportunity for a person to get ahead by working hard, 61%, are the only two societal dimensions of eight measured in this year's Mood of the Nation poll 
that a majority of Americans view in a positive way. Even these satisfaction ratings, however, are well below the record highs of 89% for the quality of life in 2001-2002 and 77% for opportunity in 2002. It is the new America, a flood of discontent. What in the world is going on? Happened yesterday, the family of Tyreet Nichols, the 29-year-old black man who died after being beaten by five Memphis police officers. The funeral was yesterday. He was remembered as a loving dad who enjoyed skateboarding and photography. Several speakers also called for legal reforms to address police violence in America. The Reverend yeah, Al Sharpton, who delivered the eulogy, and Vice President Kamala Harris. The violent act was not in pursuit of public safety, the vice president said. President Biden, House Speaker McCarthy, don't agree on much of anything, especially when it comes to raising the debt ceiling, but the two did at least agree to continue some discussions. Let's talk. After their meeting yesterday, well, there were really no surprises and nothing really happening. And McCarthy said after the meeting, though, he believed they would ultimately find some common ground. Oh, sure. So, a uh, quick look at the rich and famous. Tom Brady celebrated the one-year anniversary of his retirement by announcing his retirement. The seven-time Super Bowl winner and, until yesterday, the NFL's oldest active player said on social media, that's it, I'm quitting my 23-year career. He may be done tossing the old pigskin around, but, hey, he's retiring top of several major all-time records, like number one in passing, number one in touchdowns, number one in yards gain. And despite taking a, a big, big loss from his financial stake in FTX, who didn't, Brady has set up a comfortable little nest egg in, in case you were worried about him. Last year, number 12 signed a 10-year deal, $375 million with Fox to become the network's primary analyst beginning whenever he really retires. Okay. By the way, in recent years, networks have written massive checks to lock in star broadcast talent, inking deals worth more than a billion dollars for the likes of Brady, Troy Aikman, Joe Buck, Tony Romo. You need to know that. So uh, what else is happening the FBI searched President Biden's Delaware Beach House yesterday, found no classified documents. Uh -huh. The College Board has made changes to its AP African American Studies curriculum after Florida Governor Ron DeSantis said he would ban the class in that state. 500,000 workers walked off the job yesterday in the UK seeking higher wages amid a cost-of-living crisis. Organizers say it's the country's biggest strike in over 10 years. Finally, who said that? Oh, it is. Isn't it Groundhog? Yes, yeah, Groundhog Day. Picture on my Facebook page. There's the groundhog holding a sign. I'm a rodent, not a meteorologist. For sure. We still follow that stuff, though, don't we? <laughs> I like this one. A groundhog. Pink outfit on curls in its hair. Said this is Puxatani Phil's ex-wife, Phyllis who now lives in Florida, and said that Phil is a compulsive liar. <laughs> and one more. Oh, come on, we're on a roll. 
Here's a picture of an outhouse. <laughs> Been there, done that. It said our kids today have no idea of the meaning of cold. And you know that is the absolute truth. Where's my Bible? Life 101, right after this. Oh, let's see. Got that packet. Got it all there. And uh, heading to Florida and Tennessee. Quick trip to Florida, then off to Bluff City. It's Sherathon 2023. Gonna have a great time. Ah, one of the highlights of my year. Yeah, it really is. Why? Christian radio and supporting it and keeping it on the air. That's what it's all about. So it starts Wednesday morning, goes Thursday and Friday. Going to be a great time. Want to help? 423-878-6279. You can call right now and then get ready to join us starting February the 22nd. And that's Sunday. Off to Elizabethan. What? Where? Tennessee. Tri-Cities. Here we come. So let me ask you, have you ever watched people endure painful burdens and heartaches in life? Sure you have. If so, you may have noticed that some face trials with remarkable positive attitudes, while, while others seem to be shattered even by small difficulties. Since no one's life is entirely free of trouble, hardship, it's important to understand how God wants you to bear them, my friend. Really, there are three different sources for struggles that we encounter. Sometimes there are situations we bring upon ourselves, been there, done that, while other times there are purely the work of the devil. You know that's true. And some of these things come directly from the hand of God. People struggle with that one. Our challenges vary greatly. A single Christian mom may have the awesome responsibility of raising kids in an ungodly world that seeks to destroy those kids. An angry misunderstanding may leave the head of the household without a job. Or a past sin can result in deep scars of guilt that weigh a person down. Regardless of the type of problem or its source, the question is, how do we handle these burdens that come our way? Don't you want to know that? I do. Jesus never vows to totally remove our difficulty, but he promises to deal with our trial in such a way that we no longer have to carry its weight. Some distressing situations like, well, terminal illness, absolutely. Caring for that disabled relative, maybe your mom or dad, or the death of a loved one. Those are permanent, as far as this life is concerned, anyway. Some people might find the idea of the ongoing trial discouraging, but the Christian must remember that we are not to handle these matters on our own strength. No, God wants to lift our load. God wants to carry that thing for us. He personally invites every one of us who is weary to find refreshment in him. Read 1 John 5, 3. Of course, all of us would prefer to bypass painful circumstances altogether, but God knows that our hardships, our heartaches, those are the things that we're unable to handle on our own, form kind of a fertile soil, if you will, for our spiritual growth and increasing dependence upon Almighty God. How can we know that Jesus Christ as the burden bearer unless we get under a burden ourselves, trying to deal with our thing in our own way, and then experience the relief of letting him carry the weight. Oftentimes, the difficulties God has sent, allowed us to have in our lives, have been so unpleasant. I know this is true for me that I, I prayed he would remove them. Do it now. However, when I look back later, 
and realized that all my suffering had taught me about God, I prayed, thank you, Lord. You know better than I did. Thank you for not making it easy. We've had a couple of circumstances that we've talked about on this very radio program. One, the demonic attack. Worst thing that ever happened to me in my life. That was for starters. When it was all over with, you've heard me say it on this show, best thing that ever happened to me in my life other than salvation. It was quite a struggle, but to see God work out all the details. And then my wife in 2012, getting very, very ill, and according to those who keep track of these things, lost life three times, and they brought her back. And after all that time in the intensive care unit and hundreds of thousands of dollars in expenses, he taught some great lessons there. It was awful at the time. So it goes without saying that we all prefer a more comfortable and really a trouble-free life. Wouldn't that be great? But what we have to ask is, do I want what my flesh wants, which is ease and comfort and pleasure and no trouble, or do I want to become a godly person, the one that God wants me to be? Because it's really a choice for everyone listening to this program. At the same time, while hardships are to be expected, we should recognize God never intended that the Christian, this Christian life, should be that difficult. John 16, he wants us to know that no matter what that burden is, when you come to him, he will lift the weight of it if we allow him to do so. Whatever you're dealing with a heavy burden, my friend, turn to Matthew 11, 28, 29, and 30 for the wisdom from God. It says, come to me. All you who are weary and heavy laden, that's you, isn't it? And I'll give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am gentle and humble in heart, and you will find rest in your souls. For my yoke is easy, my burden is light. From this passage, we can learn really four major things, and we need to learn them. Number one, to humble ourselves. So hard, and every Christian needs it. It's humbling to admit that you're struggling with a problem. Nobody wants to do that. Why? you got so much pride, you can't do that. Well, I'm telling you, my friend, you cannot handle it. Some people will not let their facade down of being in control. I got this. And insist, I'm talking about Christians now, and insist they can and will handle the situation no matter what comes along. But there are burdens in life that no person in his or her own strength can bear successfully. Why do you think drugs are so prevalent and getting worse every day? Hmm? Years ago, I used to go to happy hour. That caters to people trying to run from inescapable burdens. The world's answers often do seek help by some substance, a new relationship, perhaps a dishonest act or a statement, and none of those things ever work. God's solution, on the other hand, is simply come. Christ is the one-stop place for all of your burdens, my friend. He and he alone is able to deal with your affliction. But first, you must admit that you have a problem. True humility, in fact, occasionally involves, well, more than opening up to the Lord. He may also want you to share your burden with someone else. Maybe someone he has sent your way to help you carry that thing. Oftentimes, that barrier to God's help is that we're just too proud. And then we need to submit. After talking about our being heavy laden, Jesus says, Take my yoke upon you. His audience's first reaction must have been, wait a minute. He is making his appeal to people who feel burdened under the weight of life's cares, and he says to take a yoke upon us. That doesn't make sense. 
The piece of equipment described here was a wooden log shaped to harness two oxen and keep them locked together so that they would share the load. In the scriptures, a yoke also implied slavery or obligation. But Jesus is not speaking about adding to our burden. Instead, he's telling us to submit to his will. Then when we get in the yoke with him, we can walk together and pull together. In fact, when we submit to Christ, our load will lighten because our omnipotent Lord will bear the weight. However, you can't simply cast your care upon the Lord and walk away free. That's not how it works. We must also submit ourselves to him. And then, after all, what are the burdens? They're not just problems that can be surgically eliminated from life. Rather, they are the way we think and the feelings that weigh us down. The only way the Lord will lift your burden is by getting under the load there. Huh? He must have all of you, my friend, not simply the problem you want removed. As you allow Christ to control you, he will, in fact, be dealing with your burden. And then learn of him. Jesus tells us what he wants us to do in walking in unison with him under his yoke of love. We can move in step with the Lord only as we learn about who he is, which is a prerequisite for our being able to obey him. It'd be a terrible contradiction to think that we could unload our heartaches and problems on God and then proceed on with our life as we want. The reason we live under that heavy weight of burden is that we are not submissive to God, but rather insist on having our own way, right? If a Christian sins against the Lord, the Holy Spirit will convict that person of wrongdoing, and that's important. In order to be released from the weight of that load, the believer may need to make a specific decision to end that whole thing. And then finally, trust. While God does not say he will remove the burden, verse 29 promises what he will give you, rest for your soul. Lugging around a weighty problem is like taking a mountain hike and having a 100-pound backpack strapped on. We become fatigued, discouraged, and can easily start getting into despair. Our caring Heavenly Father offers relief so that we'll no longer be worn and weary. As you trust God and begin to act on His most generous offer for your life, you place yourself in a position to receive His promised blessings. So let me ask you, are you, are you carrying an oppressive burden today? Jesus Christ is offering you another way. And remember, that his yoke is what? Light. It's not going to bend you, not going to break you, will not destroy you, regardless of what Satan and his demons are telling you. On the contrary, submission to the Lord will actually lift you up. Let God take the weight of that burden today. You were never meant to carry it in the first place. In exchange, he's going to give you the Holy Spirit's power to enable you to face any of life's challenges coming your way. Isn't that a great message? And last, but certainly not least, smile. It's a medicine. Oh, we need to do that more. So this guy hands a picture to his grandson. This is your great-grandma and your great-grandpa. What do you think, honey? Do I look like them? He shook his head and said, not yet, but you're getting there. <laughs> Won't be long, will it? Hey. Think about this on this Thursday. We are just one step closer to heaven. We're going to be with Jesus before too long. Amen. You are saved, right? You've trusted Christ as Savior. For whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. Why not do that today? Ask God to forgive you of your sins and trust Jesus Christ as Savior. It'll be the greatest day of your life if you do that. 
Once again, like us on Facebook, Greg, J-R-E-G, Patton, P-A-T-T-E-N. Want to hear past programs last month, last year? Yep, go to gregpatton.com and then hit the iTunes and you can listen to them all. Once again, we're gearing up for Niceville, Florida, Bluff City, Tennessee, Boone's Creek, Johnson City, Tennessee, uh, Elizabethan, Tennessee. Oh, we're going to be all over the place. I can't wait. Had my say for another day. And that's the way it is. February the 2nd, 2023. I'm Greg Patton. God bless. You have a great day.